Hello, my name is Dr. Bertrand Liang and welcome to Patient Stories, episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Our mortality can be illuminating at times. Dr. A was a colleague of mine who was both a friend and my doctor. We were both pilots and he was something called a designated medical examiner, a person that pilots go to to see to get cleared medically, the frequency of which was really dependent on your class of flying. I knew he was an excellent pilot as well as clinician since I'd spoken with him about flying and we'd shared patient questions in the past. Dr. A was pretty well known in the community and he'd had his share of famous patients and local celebrities, some of whom I'd known. One of the patients of Dr. A was a local broadcaster who was also a pilot and a common acquaintance of us both. One day, I bumped into this individual at the General Aviation Airport from which we flew, and he'd noted that he'd just seen Dr. A. He didn't look great, and I wasn't sure what was going on, but he didn't say anything and just sent me on my way. I didn't think much of the comment and just left it as Dr. A having a bad day. However, a couple of weeks later, I got a message from Dr. A. He wanted to either see or talk to me as soon as I could be made available. I obviously asked him why. I just need your help, he noted. His voice was both desperate and quiet at the same time. And I was fearful, particularly given my subspecialty in neuro-oncology. We agreed to meet at the next day at our common general aviation airport, at the cafe, and I hoped for the best, yet fearing for the worst. The next day, I was sitting in the back of the restaurant he came in the back way, bypassing the waitress stand. I hadn't seen him for about a year, probably at my own last visit with him when my aviation medical was due. He had changed considerably. His walking was slow, and he tended to slightly drag each foot. He was a bit stooped as well, and appeared somewhat stiff. He tended to look downward, almost following his feet with his eyes. However, he was able to plop down in the seat in front of me easily but the telltale sign was his right hand, which he tried unsuccessfully to cover, which had a fine motor tremor at rest. He had all the symptoms of early Parkinson's disease. Dr. A then started telling me his story. I just started feeling slow, he noted in a quiet voice. I couldn't get around as fast as I usually did. I just thought it was osteoarthritis or something, but I didn't have pain. Pre-flights were taking longer and longer, and my wife noticed it too. I nodded, encouraging him to go on. He noted that he had still felt very sharp, at least mentally, and he didn't seem to have any issue flying or seeing patients otherwise. But then one day, when I was listening to one of my older patients' heart, he noticed that my right hand was trembling as I was holding my stethoscope on his chest, and he asked if I had Parkinson's disease. He then grew quiet. Then, after a moment, he stated, I was shocked. I didn't even think that this could be something as bad as that. He grunted and swore. It sucks getting old, he noted with a sarcastic smile. To be honest, I was relieved. I thought my colleague was going to tell me that he had been diagnosed with a glioma or other brain tumor, or one of his close family members had been. But instead, he'd been put into a category of treatable disease rather than a fatal one. And I told him that. Yeah, right, he noted. 
I know the statistics about dementia, about the need for centrally acting medications, about worsening, on, off, you name it. It won't kill me, but it will make my life hell. What's the difference? He shook his head. Jesus, and you know my biggest concern, right? I said, yes, of course. You think you'll lose your ticket. You can't fly unless you're well controlled, which you can be, as you know. Dr. A snorted and didn't say anything in response. He looked around himself, and then he spread his hands. All this gone. And what are my patients going to say, he continued. I can't go in shaking and dragging. No one wants a doctor who's as sick as they are. While I was sensitive to Dr. A's angst, I was also frustrated by it as well. We as doctors are good at trying to assuage patient concerns, to work through potential side effects, to try to provide solutions to the role of being a patient. But we don't give ourselves the same latitude. We somehow feel that we have to rise above the disease, that we are immune to the disorders that we diagnose or see in others. We are afraid of what our patients might think. We are afraid of being patients ourselves. I told Dr. A that we as neurologists had meds to control his tremor with milder agents and see how that could affect his gait as well. That he would still be able to keep his schedule full and active, both professionally and at the hangar. And that he could be actively monitored to maximize his function the same way he would do if a patient with heart disease presented to him. Dr. A was referred to a Parkinson's disease specialist who continues to care for him even today. He does continue to see patients, but he had to give up flying due to the progression of his disease. He has learned to live with it, however, and has come up with a very good solution of, quote, flying in the right seat, unquote, where he acts as a co-pilot to his grandson, who is now actively flying. The last time I saw him, he noted to me that he'd gotten over the pain of stopping being the pilot in command and was willing to talk to his patients about his own Parkinson's disease. Like many, he's found being a patient makes him actually a better doctor. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.